Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. With the viral bullying video that emerged last week that shone the spotlight on two 13-year-old girls, many are understandably angered by it. I am definitely as a parent, but what's been most interesting is the role that social media has played in channeling people's reactions with countless comments from people turning against the bully and hurling abuse at her. Earlier this week, we saw the death as well of British presenter Caroline Flack, who took her own life after months of being the target of UK tabloid stories and online abuse. So today we're asking, who's the real bully? Is it only those who are doing the bullying or are we also to blame? Where does the responsibility for change lie? To take us through it, we're going to be joined by Dr. Saleha Afridi, Clinical Psychologist and Managing Director at Lighthouse Arabia. That is all coming up right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Now here on Life Beats, we wanted to start a new series called Harnessing the Power of Our Emotions. But in preparing for today's show, a lot has come up around a bullying video which has gone viral with three 13-year-old girls at the center of it. And while the incident itself is disturbing, it's just one that has come to light amongst many. Of course, this has renewed calls to tackle bullying in schools, but it's also raised questions about our own behavior towards the bully and the mob mentality that has ensued as a reaction to it. Of course, uh, it, we want to be tackling this issue. We want to be talking about what all of this means. And today with us in the studio is Dr. Saleha Afridi, the Managing Director of The Lighthouse Arabia, welcome back to the show. It's good to be back, Sally. Thank you for having me. So great to have you. Well, great to have you with me uh, as well here in this discussion, as always. Um, let's kind of start with the video itself, because this is kind of where it all blew up. Uh, I want to see from you, Dr. Saleha, your reaction to uh, what happened, what we saw going viral online. These two girls uh, being involved, one the bully, one being bullied. Uh, at a school here in the UAE, uh, and uh, and it was being filmed. Uh, this is another aspect to to all of this as well. Talk to me about your thoughts uh, once you saw this. I think we become very uh, quick to act uh, or react when we have something like this happen. And a lot of times what we'll do is, okay, we will shun and ostracize the bully, and we will go huddle around the bullied, we'll kick them out of school, we'll say, okay, we dealt with this, and then we'll have like anti-bullying campaigns, and there'll be posters of kids hugging each other, and you know, which all has its place, but I think these are very superficial ways of addressing a subject that is very, very serious, and has a lot of depth to it that we just don't acknowledge. And so I think that's, uh, I just don't think we're going to come to any solution that is long term. This is band-aids that we're putting on. And every time someone gets hurt, we put on a band-aid and then we get on with it and then we put on a band-aid. But to address the issue, to address the issue, it actually is to look at it um, with, you know, a holistic approach and say, 
what are all the different people and who are all the different people that are playing a role in this? Exactly, exactly. Because I wasn't so shocked by the bullying video itself. I was kind of more shocked about what people were saying about the girl who was doing the bullying herself and the kind of the, the backlash that happened and the vile comments towards yeah. her. And I thought to myself, she's 13 years old. There is no kid that does this just like that out of nothing. She's facing issues. She's in the middle uh, of a whole lot of stuff that is going on in her life that makes her think that that's okay to behave in that way. And I felt like that is the real tragedy. And then I felt like everybody else was bullying her online. And it's like this cycle just kept keeps going. So, okay, let's break it down from your perspective. What are the issues that we need to be looking at here? Yeah. Well, I mean, we need, <laughs> I could go on and on. How much time do we have? <laughs> oh, we have but the time. But I think <laughs> the one thing that I think if I were to just narrow down to just a couple things, I probably would say mm. that we all need to take a look at ourselves. We need to own some of this. It does not help to bully others into behaving well um, or shaming people. It does not, we don't be, we don't become better as a society. We don't become better as a community when we just point the finger outwards and say, well, that's not me. Thank God it's not me and it's not my kids. It doesn't help anyone. So I think the issue here is that that um, girl exists in all of us. And you might be acting it out some other way. You might be doing it anonymously online or you might be taking it out on your partner or your children. I mean, it is it exists in all of us. We just know how to manage it sometimes. But being self-righteous and saying that this isn't who we are, this is where I think the biggest issue is. If I were just to name one thing that if we can all own that girl that exists inside of us. That's, that's just incredibly powerful. Why? I think um, what you were saying, Doctor, about uh, the question of owning the part of that girl that is in us all is massive and huge. And I think it's an invitation really to look at ourselves from a distance. Um, and although it, it really would sound painful and um, very unattractive to look at the, the darker side of ourselves and to first of all even acknowledge that we have a, a bit of a dark side to us and how we manage that. I think that is a wonderful invitation uh, to investigate and to look at the bully as, as being a part of us. Mm. And what do we need to do? And I'd love to hear your, your, your views. How do we do that? How do we approach something that we very often want to deny exists in the first place? It's, it's interesting as well, you know, in, in reactions to, to what she did, uh, you know, those who know her put out videos themselves and said, oh, I, I know that's not you. I know that you're not like that. And maybe, but actually she did do that. The first step really is, I think, owning, owning the behavior yes. and yes. saying, I did that. You know, I think that it's so it can be so hard for us to, to do that, to own the behavior in the first place and, and to say, I made a mistake yes. and I did something wrong. So um, to Wat's question, you know, where do we begin and how do we do this? Oh, it, it, I think it, in order for you to say, you know, there are parts in me that I want to deny that I am ashamed of mm -hmm. is a very difficult thing to do. It is not easy to do. So you have to have quite a strong sense of self in order to do that. Mm -hmm. So I need to know who I am and what my good 
points are, what my good side is, what I'm capable of contributing to society. So usually when people really confront the, the, the parts insi- inside of them that are not so good is usually around midlife. That's when usually the confrontation happens. So in adolescence, it's almost impossible to do that. It's almost impossible to say, uh, I will confront my dark side, but there are kids that I've seen do it. So it's not, I mean, I shouldn't say impossible. I should say it's very, very difficult because the whole task of adolescence is to develop that sense of self is to develop that strong ego strength and ego I'm using in psychological terms. I'm not um, that strong sense of self that says this is who I am. This is what I'm good at. This is how I contribute to the world. This is these are my strengths. Um, This is how I am in my family. These are my friends. This is part of ego strength or, or sense of self. And that is supposed to be happening. That's the task of adolescence. And that is being majorly interrupted by social media. And so now kids have this inflated sense of self that, oh, my God, look how amazing I am. Look how great I am. Look how powerful I am. But that power is in the hands of someone who actually doesn't know what to do with it. This is where I find that social media in the hands of children and adolescent is very, very dangerous. And you already know where my line is when it comes to my kids and social media. But it's a dangerous tool in the hands of kids who don't know the response. They don't know how things play out. The whole point of adolescence is to make mistakes. And these mistakes are supposed these are supposed to shape you towards adulthood. Absolutely, and and I think when when you were talking about that, uh, Doctor, um, the whole culture of being encouraged to make a mistake for for certain groups of people, I I can only speak on behalf of of, of my own, whether it's an Emirati culture or a Khaliji culture or the Arab world in general, we're so conditioned to look at mistakes as a bad thing. I make a mistake in exam, that's a mark that's taken away. That's a bad thing. But the reality from, from, from the psychological reality that you're, you're referring to with regards to the adolescence period is it, it makes perfect sense. That's when we do need to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. The, their job is almost to make mistakes so they understand what is right and what is wrong. But, but I believe that requires the presence of a, a mature elder that they can go to to have these things explained. Mm-hmm. So I think youth has a part to play in making these mistakes. But what happens when youth does these mistakes in case, for example, for this girl, but they don't have the, the balanced, mature um, uh, people that have survived adolescence. They've survived adulthood. They've made it through the fires of life. I, I, I think there's a, d- yeah. d- there's, a, there's a responsibility there for, for both. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. You've brought up the role of social media, Dr. Saleha, which I think is so important. It plays a central role here. But, uh, you know, it's not just kids who don't know what to do with social media. I feel like it's the adults in the room who uh, don't know what to do with it either. So there's a lot to talk about there. uh, And we are going to come back with Dr. Saleha and unpack all of that and so much more. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. A big discussion this morning on uh, bullying, the impact of social media in all of this as well. And and it very much started off with uh, two kids at the center of this. But 
Um, really, the question uh, should be directed at the adults as well. And this is uh, what we're talking about. We're making the discussion so much bigger with Dr. Saleh Afridi. Dr. Saleh, you said something that uh, Wa'in and I just found incredibly powerful, which is why we're doing this show in this in the first place, because I felt it too when I saw the video and when it was passed on to me, to me the way that it was passed on. Um, we're actually doing the bullying as well. Yes. The way we're reacting to it, there is there's something of that bully in all of us. So how <laughs> how do we as adults begin to recognize that? How do we stop and and take a moment and actually reassess, reevaluate our actions and realize actually this is not just the problem the problem is much bigger and it's in each and every single one of us yes so there's um there's something that we say in Jungian psychology which would be if you spot it you got it and that's the best way to approach something that you find um really wrong you, you see it and it actually triggers a part of you that is very self-righteous, that I can't believe this is happening, who would do such a thing. That is actually exactly where you need to be doing your work. And I know it sounds really strange because there's no way I would hurt a child. But guess what? When there's an adult calling this 13-year-old names and they're you know, shouting at her and they're yelling at her, the bully, they're, they're doing that, you're basically doing the same exact thing. You're using your place of power, which is more than this 13-year-old's, and then you're using that place of power to attack someone who has less power than you, and that is exactly what the 13-year-old was doing to the other girl. So it exists in us. And so if there's something that really triggers you, that gets a reaction, that feels quite visceral, I would say, that's you stop and you say, okay, where in my life is there a shade of that? It might not be to the full extent, but there are times when you take it out on maybe your house staff, or maybe you take it out on the guest, you know, attendant, or, you know, it. you take it out on people that have less power than you. Where do you do that? Mm. And I think this is where you can actually use everything in your life that's happening um, as a way to develop and grow yourself and become more conscious. Mm. Another thing I would recommend is to really develop this thing inside of us called the observing self. That observing self can be developed through meditation. And it really becomes like you start watching your thoughts and you start looking at yourself. And that also is a great way to say, where can I use, how can I use what is happening in front of me for my development and the development of those that I love? Absolutely, yeah. Um, doctor, when you were talking about uh, how, how, how this, this part of us, uh, this bullying part possibly that we carry without even knowing how, how it does come out. Uh, very often I, I feel that when it does come out, it's, 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 and you, you take the person to task and you say, well, that's not really not right. And there's this, there's this sudden gap between actually you are right. That wasn't right. And I can see it um, again within my community uh, and, and similar communities when it comes to uh, members of staff in your household. Yeah. Uh, whether you call them help or whether you call them extended members of the family, you will often see senior members of the family that are dignified and socially honorable and, and just wonderful people. But let one plate drop and break 
And if you hear the conversation in the kitchen where nobody's looking, mm. th- what's coming out of them? And I, and I really understand the, the, the word where you actually somehow are, dare I say, th- the word possessed. But you're, you're just not the person that was just in the room two minutes ago. It's aggressive. It's, it's, um, and, and, and to know that, that we carry that. And from your meditation point, to distance ourselves from that, from what you refer mm-hmm. to as the observer. So when we say that that wasn't really me, yes, it's a part of you. Yes. But I think our ability to recognize that part coming up um, is essential. But I don't think this is easy stuff. It's not easy. It, it's not a button that we press and presto, we're okay. You need to come back to this whole thing of being possessed because this is a thing. Yes. R- right? Uh, yes. You know, th- that you were just referred to. And we were having this conversation <laughs> a little bit earlier and I was kind of a little bit surprised by it. <laughs> uh, but this is something that happens to your psyche and it, it is part of Jungian psychology. Uh, my question around that, I'll let you explain it, but my question around it would be, does that not kind of somehow absolve us of responsibility of being able to control our own actions? So, Dr. Sadeha. Okay, I'm going to try to do this <laughs> quickly. Um, it's a huge concept, but it's actually called the complex. So I know we use the inferiority complex and superiority complex, but there's many, 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 many hundreds of complexes that a person could carry. They could have an authority complex, which is the stuff that comes out with bullying. They could have a boss complex. They could have a mother complex, father. Each complex can be positive or negative, etc. Now, when you have a reaction to something that is not equal to what a normal sort of emotional reaction would be. Of course, if someone drops something and you get upset, it's normal. Like, you know, come on, I need you to be a bit more careful next time. You can say that. It's okay to be upset when someone does something that you don't like. It's okay to name it. But this kind of visceral sort of reaction where you go into this rant and you lose yourself for like a few minutes and what were you doing and and you're screaming and you're shouting and then you sort of step back and you say, okay, well, that's done and now what? Um, That is actually when you are overtaken, so I will say the word overtaken, i.e. possessed by that complex. And you cannot absolve yourself from anything that is in your psyche. You, if it's inside of you, you have to own it. And the only way that we sort of control these complexes is when we start to um, name them. And the word we use in psychology is differentiate from them. That means I'm now no longer this, I'm not tied in with this complex. I am now looking at this complex and I'm saying, you have to confront the complex and say, okay, now this authority complex, this bully complex exists inside of me. What do I need to do? Okay, when do I know that it's starting to get triggered? Because sometimes there's things that just trigger us. There's people that talk to us a certain way and all of a sudden that thing comes out. Mm-hmm. Or So there's things that trigger us. So then you n- start to name your triggers. You start to see what happens inside of you physically, sensationally, like your ears get hot, your fists clench, your teeth clench, you know. And then Steam you say, starts coming out exactly. of your nostrils. So you, before <laughs> you open your mouth, there's right. one Jungian psychologist that says, shut your, you know, sit on your hands and shut your mouth. And that way you'll do far less damage control after the fact. And so we are all capable of anything. We are all capable of anything. And when we name that, 
This is why even in some religions and traditions, they don't say um, don't do bad things. They say guard yourself against. So when you guard yourself against these things that exist inside of you, you are actually saying it exists inside of me. You're not saying keep it out. We're saying guard yourself against yourself. Don't be in denial about what's there, but yeah. it, you have to know, you know, your triggers, like you said, yeah. you have to know how to control it. Yeah. And sometimes just doing nothing at all is actually the best, the best Hit thing. Hit the exit button. That's what I used to do. Eject. I can't control this one. It's too big for me. I remember when I would be overcome, I was super stressed. I was all tapped out from my resources. Emotionally, I cannot control myself. And in front of my children, I probably look like a dragon if I started shouting in that moment. So I just said, you know what? Exit the room before you open your mouth. And I literally would be in the middle of talking to them and I would say, and literally run out of the room and my kids would be looking at me like, what just happened to her mother? But this is what you have to do, eject, the hit the eject button and get out of there. I just, I can't tell you how relatable that is to every <laughs> single parent out there because we just, we've all done it. Uh, and we, we and we feel so bad afterwards. I don't know if you ever had this experience, well Many times. And then you, you, feel, you feel awful, you know, once it's happened and you come back. I come back and apologize yeah. to my kids. But that just, you know, to be able to catch yourself, like, that takes practice, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, it does. It takes practice. But yeah. just it's looking at it. It's the observer self. Mm. And I think there's, a, there's an element of, of forgiving oneself for it. I think what the doctor is basically saying is it's not a question of these things not being there. I don't think we should be guilty, if I understand it correctly, I don't think we should be guilty of carrying these complexes that we didn't really choose. But I, I guess it's a question of managing it. Yes. But we live in a, in a world that says mistakes are bad. You shouldn't have that. That should be you. You need to fix that. Mm. But I don't think this is a, a, a thing that can be fixed as opposed mm -mm. to managed. If, if I understand yes. what the doctor is saying. Yes. We're yes. going to come back and uh, come back to your point that you had earlier about social media, the role of social media uh, in all of this. And, and the role that everybody else needs to play in a situation of bullying. What should the school be doing? What should parents be doing? Uh, let's kind of look at it from all of the different angles. More to come here on Life Beats. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Talking bullying, whether it's online, it's offline, and uh, who's the real bully here? What's really going on? Do we have a role to play in this? Dr. Saleh Afridi is here. Um, uh, Dr. Saleh, one of the things uh, that we've just been talking about is is owning it and owning the behavior and understanding that. Uh, something else that you uh, want to add is all about actually having, the, and you mentioned this, uh, and in terms of uh, forgiveness of the self, but self-compassion yes. in this kind of a situation. Why is that important? I think a, a lot of people are quite resistant to being self-compassionate because they don't want to accept this bad behavior that exists inside of them. So they actually um, say, well, if I'm tough on my negative self that exists inside of me, my dark self, then that dark self will stay in check. But if I show it compassion and if I show it understanding, then maybe it'll just come out. And so we're actually really afraid of our, you know, our darker self. So self-compassion, what it does is when, for example, if I do something um, and, you know, maybe I say something to one of my kids that I feel 
then you know I go back later and I feel a bit I, I feel guilty about it and then you know I start shaming myself as a mother like how could you have said that how could you have done that that shame does not allow me to actually get underneath that comment like mm. why did I say that mm. how did I? so if you approach it with kindness and compassion that you just did this now let's try to understand why and how and what and you come at it with a place of kindness and compassion you might actually understand yourself better and then the next time you might not do it in the same exact way or at the same intensity so it's so important to have self compassion and kindness as you are working with as we refer to the shadow of the self that seems so counterintuitive because in in culture and in society particularly arab no, culture it's very punitive yeah it's very punitive because if you're not properly punished or shamed yeah. for a bad behavior then then you're just being let off the hook then exactly and know. this is why i think doing that with the girl who had bullied the other girl it's not going to help her it just calling her a bully and shunning her and ostracizing her it doesn't help anyone cuz in place of her there will be someone else and then in place of that person will be someone else it will always exist so the only way we really can help her is if we approach her she, there should be consequences of course but this whole zero tolerance policy that we have that there should be no bullying and what it actually doesn't help anybody it doesn't help the society it doesn't help the child in any way it's more about like what do we do when we see something like that so we what power do we give the bystander what power do we give the one who is being bullied and what power do we give to the bully and how do we understand the how how do we help her understand herself so she can recover from this way of being and um redeem herself rather than just shame her and like shun her and send her off how do we help her understand herself that just was like exactly 100% uh, what are your thoughts on kind of uh, because you've you've worked on things like this before as well um your thoughts on on how we need to deal with this and and what maybe schools need to do parents and so forth i i think there's a tremendous amount of uh, of benefit in discussion and in this particular discussion and 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 very similar to what the doctor was saying when when we open dialogue up in a in a topic that we all just don't want to associate with Uh, if we truly embrace that opportunity many many wonderful things can can emerge and uh, i know how we're talking now about the 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 sources of how the bully was actually going through it and 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 what that means and how we reflect upon ourselves but obviously we've had we we have a victim on the other side the person that was bullied and i'd i'd love the doctor's thoughts on how do we help a person like that heal mm. how do we uh, whether it's the domestic help or whether it's any person that's been on the receiving end whether that receiving end is in a corporate environment whether it's in uh, schools because i think we tend to limit this topic to people in school yeah. but but the reality is it's 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 an adult issue as well it's so much bigger absolutely and i'd i'd really like to hear the doctor's thoughts of how do we help a person because some of the listeners might know somebody that's being bullied Yeah. And I'd love to know about your your thoughts of how how do we help them heal? How do we help them observe uh their their their, their essence at that time? See, w- childhood bullying is just very common again because 
kids don't have that sense of self that can actually stand up. So if you tell me I'm bad, I might actually just start to believe it because I actually don't know who I am. The whole task of adolescence is identity formation. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's such a vulnerable age. Because if you tell me I am this, I will say, I am that. That is, okay, this is who I am. And then next week you might tell me something else and that's how I will be become. And so that's why it's become such, that's why social media and bullying and, and all of that stuff at a vulnerable age can be so damaging to a person's sense of self, their self-worth and their self-esteem. So one thing that we can do for our children is not like wait for them to get bullied, but to just give them a strong sense of self. We need to have them sit and be with themselves, journal in the evenings about who you are, what you think about, what did you do? Just develop that observing self in them by journaling. And a lot of kids do that. So this is a very easy thing for kids to do, but also create some space in their life for them to actually think about who they are. Um, I I know I'm a big, um, you know, a fan of kids being in therapy and engaging with a coach and just talking about why and how and what I I really appreciate that but if you can create that space at home by doing some sort of these exercises together so the stronger the sense of self the less likely that child is going to get bullied it's the one they find is most vulnerable it's the one that is most weakest that we go after but you don't go after the one who pushes back and says hey knock it off you're, you're crossing a line here you don't go after that kid so the stronger the sense of self the more resilient the child is, the more likely they're able to draw a boundary. So what can we do to help them with that? But the healing, of course, naming it and um, allowing her a space to grieve some of what has happened, I think is going to be very important, showing her support. But I would also say that the bystanders who were sitting there, there were a lot of kids in that room that didn't stop this from happening. Mm. It's those kids that need to be empowered as well. Mm. Um, I think what you were mentioning about the, 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 the bu- bullies tend to pick on a particular target. Yeah. And as you were saying, they don't tend to pick on the confident person, yeah. the one that they think will stop them dead in their tracks. Because it's um, quite an animalistic... Uh, it's uh, a power uh, differential. Absolutely. And um, li- like an alpha male mm-hmm. in a pack yeah. will we'll, 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 we'll put the other male down or, 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 mm-hmm. or within the female community as well. But when, I think it's called an easy target, mm-hmm. when, uh, uh, when they spot someone, it's, it's, it's almost like organized crime, really. Because when a, when a, when a mugger or a pickpocket or a, a person chooses their victim, they don't choose the one that looks alert. They don't choose the one that, has, that looks athletic and has a spring in their step and just looks like they can handle themselves. They're honing into what either consciously or subconsciously believe is a person that will take all of that negativity with very little backlash. Yeah. But the minute the person carries that self-confidence uh, because they've been, they've been given these positive words at home and through their surrounding, they're more than likely not going to be selected uh, to be a victim. And if they are, the b- person doing the bullying is, is, is sort of like a mis- made a mistake or oh, I picked on the wrong target. 
and then they move on to somebody else. It so doesn't dismiss the problem, but yeah. it makes it more difficult for them. So for parents, I would say teaching them about, you know, every, every, every adolescent is going to feel vulnerable. They are going to feel I am less than or maybe I can be better here or maybe I should be better there. So it's a very normal thing for children not to have a strong sense of self. They're not supposed to. But we can give them a stronger sense of self by doing some of the things that I mentioned. For the adults that are being bullied, it's really about setting some clear boundaries and saying, I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to take this or knowing I mean if it's happening in the corporate setting knowing what your rights are in that with HR I think really becoming aware of what your rights are and how you can fight for those rights um, or just drawing a line because there are some bosses that are bullies mm -hmm. and there are some managers that are bullies and so how can you stand up for yourself without aggressing and it's called being assertive like I'm, you know, you can tell me what you would like to tell me, but please, can you say it in a way that is not so horrible or whatever? You can say, you can talk back to that person by drawing a line. And if they still don't get it and there is no reporting, then you need to find a way out of that mm. because we can't, it takes away from you. It's toxic. And so if you're in a toxic environment, you are going to get sick mentally or physically. So there are, there's only so much you can take. And I know there's some people that are really, really stuck in these kinds of situations. They can't change their job and they're in this situation and they can't draw the boundary because the power differential is too big. Then I would really say that you need to not take those things personally. Then you need to do your work yourself because there's only three ways you can go around a situation. One is you leave the situation. Two is you change the situation. Three is you adapt to the situation. So if you can't do one or two, then you need to do three. And three means you got to do the work on yourself and so the universe armor yourself basically yeah. Yeah. and, and the, the, the universe has sort of presented this thing to you now to strengthen your inner muscle somehow mm -hmm. so how can you not take this stuff personally how can you see that this person yelling and shouting at you in your face is saying a lot more about themselves and their inner world than they are about you like this is what they live with can you maybe even have some compassion that their world must be so dark their insides must be so, so like unhappy that they act like that mm. and how, how, um, you know, guarded they must feel all the time, how angry they must feel. I mean, you can start to do these kinds of things and that way you no longer take it personally. This is not about you. This is about that person and their unhappiness. We're going to come back in just a moment. Uh, we, we had quite a reaction from parents who knew that we were going to talk about this because I spoke about it on my stories last night. Uh, we're going to hear from one parent whose child was bullied uh, and we'll get your thoughts on that, uh, Dr. Slider, and come back and again talk about social media and what we need to be doing, what needs to ha happen uh, within social media. Uh, lots more to come. This is Pulse95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse95. Such an incredible discussion all around bullying and it's not just something that it includes kids. It's something in all of us and how do we address it well we've had uh, quite a reaction from parents who heard about uh, this particular show being done and uh, this is from one parent and her uh, experience her daughter's experience uh, with bullying hi sally thank you for letting me share my experience of bullying my daughter was bullied last year and it was extremely challenging to watch her 
go through everything, especially since it was cyberbullying and in person and it was all quite horrendous. Thankfully, she had our support, her immediate family and extended family and friends. Unfortunately, her peers in her grade weren't so accommodating. Um, they, a lot of them told her she shouldn't have spoken up, that she was a snitch, she was ostracized after that, um, and quite a few kids even told her that what she experienced wasn't even bullying. I really do feel that parents, as well as schools, need to raise awareness as to what bullying actually is, um, and that it's okay to speak up, that it's okay not to feel okay, that we um, that it's important to recognize the signs in our friends, that it's fine to stand up for our peers. I also feel that the emphasis should be less on rewarding, well, not less, but not only on rewarding academia and achievements in sport and other talents, but I think there should also be more emphasis on rewarding kindness, compassion, actions that show um, our empathy towards others. I think by doing that, we also afford kids the opportunity to empathize more with their peers, to be more uh, compassionate and to create a better environment. Hopefully this would help reduce um, more incidents of bullying and um, make kids understand what the next person's going through. Dr. Saleh, your thoughts uh, on that? A lot of parents saying, you know, schools are not doing enough and, and, you know, are we rewarding the right behavior? Is there even uh, a problem with the language that we have around bullying itself? The answer is all of the above. I would say I think we can always be doing more. I do believe, um, I think, you know, all schools do have some sort of anti-bullying campaign that they do. I just think it needs to be um, more focused on character development and um, and I and and you know the whole child and when when you call it an anti-bullying campaign, uh, it's very easy to distance yourself from it because a lot of kids will say, well, I'm just drawing this thing and it has nothing to do with me and uh, it's only the bully and the bullied and that's it. And so, I think there needs to be some evidence-based uh, campaigns that are brought into school for sure. Um, but a lot of them focus on the power of the bystander. This particular girl, she was ostracized by her friends for snitching. Um, that doesn't happen when you have the empowered bystanders. This is no longer an issue about two people and how they're behaving. This is about us saying, you know what, you don't hurt other people, regardless of how big or small you think it is, but we should not be hurting each other. And that's the language of the bystander. So the power really is when you empower all of these kids to say you do not hurt each other we do not hurt each other and that's where my role is so that's one thing I would like to say I would also like to say that um, we cannot put all the responsibility on the schools yes they're there all the time and you know there's their eight hours a day and then they have after school but I think sport coaches have a lot of responsibility uh, on character development because that really can help with that. I think, um, as Wild mentioned, teaching as parents, teaching my kids self-defense is also very important, not so they can fight back, but just so they can 
be take their power back and stop the because if you are coming at me just the way I might stand and guard myself will give you an indication that you don't want to mess with me and so learning how to use self-defense and while maybe you can speak a bit more about that it is when when kids actually learn self-defense they fight less because they know how to defend themselves Absolutely. And I think um, just like you were mentioning, doctor, in, in, in an adolescence uh, environment, our job is to, to learn by doing these mistakes uh, and, and to know what is too much and what is too little. When you teach a child self-defense, uh, whether it's um, uh, a pre-fight, shall we say, or a pre-confrontational situation where you're just your posture exactly. is saying words, your eye contact, looking the person right in the eye, just making it known that y- this is not a weak target. I am big. I am big enough to stop you. I mean, it hasn't even gone to the physical exactly. yet. I'm not talking about any... Or if any you're not big, I can own the space. This yes. is my space. Yes. And I'm going to own it. And, yes. the, and there is a line that you will not cross. Mm. Th- that is all non, non-physical. And it's a lot of power for a child who doesn't have the inner sense of self yet. Yeah. So that physical, I can defend myself is so much power for a child. So I really think that if a child is, if you know that a child is quiet or they're vulnerable or they're, um, uh, they're introverted or they're, you know, they're sensitive, teach them self-defense so they actually don't have to use it or they don't get into fights. I really believe in the power of physical power, especially during the time of adolescence. Physical, feeling powerful. 100%. But let's just quickly, uh, before we end off, take it back online. Uh, Not just this particular video, uh, as we were saying, Caroline Flack, uh, who uh, unfortunately took her own life very sadly over the weekend uh, because of the incredible vitriol that uh, she was experiencing online from the UK tabloids of what was written about her, but also comments from people uh, online. Lots of uh, celebrities who were in the public eye saying algorithms need to be changed so that negative speech is uh, is limited uh, that comment sections on uh, certain news sites should be gone because the the way that people react apart from all of that what can we do what's our role here online on social media because this is also sending an example to our kids yes well, unfortunately, it's not necessarily sending an example to our kids because they actually don't know that we're doing this. A lot of these people that are leaving these comments have like double accounts and they are basically trolls and they're making they're taking out all their aggression and their stress and their sadness and their anxiety out onto these accounts. But they're doing it anonymously because I can I can do anything I want online anonymously and I and, and hurt as many people as I want anonymously. Um, and there, I mean, we all have maybe certain thoughts that run through our head like, oh, my God, what is she wearing and why did she say that? And why? But you don't actually have to open your mouth and say it. You can just keep it to yourself. And I think this uh, ability to sort of control ourselves has sort of gone out the window because we've become um, because everything is at a push of a button and a press of a everything is happening very, very fast. So the, the neural pathway in our brain that actually has self-control has really weakened. So have some self-control and, you know, really, if it's not nice, don't say it. It actually is so simple, just like that. If it's not nice, 
Don't say it. Do you know what's really interesting? You, you know, you, we're very much in in the the kind of Muslim spiritual realm, right? Yes. And it's very interesting to me what the Quran says about this. You know, the way that we talk about other people behind their backs, and like you said, yeah. this is anonymous. You wouldn't say it to the person you in their face. You would never say it. But it says it is like eating the flesh yeah. of your dead brother or sister. You can you cannot get more graphic than that yeah. to understand how hideous that kind of behavior is. Yes, and that's basically happening at a crazy scale on social media. And and it's just sad what's happening and people don't understand. And, and you know what? I was thinking about this. I was thinking people don't give themselves enough credit. They say, it's just little old me sitting in UAE typing up a message. What's Carolyn Flack going to read about this? But it actually affects her because drip by drip by drip, there's a mountain that she drowned under of negative comments because everyone doesn't give themselves enough credit that my comment is just from little old me. So what does that do for her? It actually probably did something if you had some negative comment that you made. And so we need to take ownership of our power that it is just little old you, but your words are very, very loud and your actions are very, very loud. Um, and, and you can actually own that and control that. You are in your power. Um, and this recognizing that we all have it in us is probably the first step. It's just, it's incredible. I, I just want to thank you so much, Dr. Salah Hafridi, for an amazing discussion around all of this. Everyone has to hear this again. There's going to be a podcast. You have to share it with everyone you know. For us to grasp what we've just been talking about today can have so much impact. Like you said, everyone has power. It doesn't matter. Your words are loud and you can use them to the benefit or you can use them to detriment. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Incredible. Really always my pleasure. Lots more to come in the second hour. Keep it here on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.